The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. And uh, as you know, we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, my first guest uh, this evening is Sanjay C. Patel, and he is the author of a book entitled God is Real, The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. And you know, Exxon Nation has been dreamt about for thousands of years. It's been pondered by the greatest thinkers. It's been searched by all the faithful throughout time. Now we have it. Definite evidence for God. Now, over 100 stunning new convergences of science and spirituality actually show that God does exist. The science versus spirituality debate is over. Well, that's according to my guest this hour. And uh, Sanjay Patel is a pioneer of the exciting new field of comparative cosmology. An acclaimed and respected scholar, his research has appeared in international and peer-reviewed scientific journals. Subjects of his study include theology, Sanskrit, and ancient cosmology. He studied in a traditional setting as a monk at an ashram in India and is a lifetime practitioner of yoga and meditation. Now, here's the website you're going to want, www.sanjaycpatel.com, and that's S-A-N-J-A-Y. C, that's the alphabet C, P-A-T-E-L dot com. Joining me now from Houston, Texas is Sanjay Patel. And Sanjay, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you very much, Rob, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Sanjay, the debate is over. How is the scientific community and the spiritual community taking the fact that, hey, God does exist, the debate is over, let's move on? I think that the debate is over from the point of view uh, of when skeptics or mm. atheists argue that there is not a shred of evidence or scientific evidence that demonstrate God exists. And when they say that, that part of it is over, because now we do have objective evidence. We do have evidence within ancient scripture. This scripture contains information that should not be there. Information that has been derived by science Mm -hmm. or by scientists using state-of-the-art equipment, highly complex theorems and mathematical uh, models. 
And the conclusions which have been drawn by these scientists in the present day were drawn by ancient people thousands of years ago and in great detail. And it demands an explanation. The only explanation which is really uh, one which we can believe and is the spiritual explanation. There is no way those ancient sages and yogis of mm -hmm. India and of Israel could have known what they knew without the use of scientific uh, apparatus. And they didn't have that. So how did they do it? The conclusion must be that they in some way transcended the scientific method. They found a way of bypassing the scientific method and directly reaching out or into the universe and acquiring its secrets. All right, Sanjay, please stand by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Exxon Nation, very interesting hour with a very interesting man. Sanjay Patel is my special guest. He's the author of God is Real, the stunning new convergent of science and spirituality. His website, www.sanjaycpatel.com. And don't forget, I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies at the Body, Soul, and Spirit Expo. May 25th to the 27th at the International Center. That's at 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, visit their website, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. Sanjay Patel and I return in two minutes. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. And welcome back, everyone. The Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, and my special guest this hour, Sanjay Patel. We're talking about Sanjay's new book. It's entitled God is Real The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. www.sanjaycpatel.com. Sanji, what started you on your on your quest? What was the what was the the 
the question, or, or, or what was it that happened in your life that brought you to the point where you decided that you were going to study this and, and you were going to try and make sense of it and present what you found over the last 20 years, I believe, to, to people around the world? It's really quite amazing. In fact, it began uh, in my early years mm-hmm. when I was a monk uh, in India. And I had always been a skeptic, in fact, of a convergence between science and spirituality. I was of the opinion mm-hmm. uh, uh, that spirituality was indeed correct, but that it would be so exotic that there would never, ever be any form of uh, comprehensive convergence between science and spirituality. I mean, spirituality would always be just too esoteric to come under the field of anything which is scientific. And that's where I began. So I began as a skeptic, as such, of this field. But uh, my teacher, uh, His Holiness uh, Pramukh Swami Maharaj, uh, at at the ashram, he told me, uh, study science and spirituality. And in my mind... Uh, I said, well, okay, uh, you're saying so, so I'll I'll look into it, but I don't believe there's any such uh, convergence. Extraordinarily, Mm -hmm. uh, in 1987, a U.S. international journal found its way to the ashram. The ashram is very secluded. It's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, And this journal managed to find its way there. And I was just flicking through it, and I found something really stunning. There was an article... Uh, on submarine volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it spoke about these volcanoes and that they actually were uh, associated with hydrothermal vents and that the fluid which is ejected from these vents deep beneath the ocean, about one and a half miles beneath the ocean surface, uh, is very hot and it's been sucked in from the ocean. And now... Actually, this is associated with something which ancient yogis have spoken about many thousands of years earlier. Scientists had discovered hydrothermal vents in 1977, mm-hmm. only after using the state-of-the-art submersible Alvin. And uh, they dived deep uh, uh, into the ocean near the Galapagos uh, Islands in the Pacific Ocean. That's when they discovered these hot vents and this, this gushing water coming out of these vents. 1977, and I had known that ancient yogis had described something very similar, but they had described it 1,000 B.C. So we're talking about description 3,000 years old. And so that's when I said, well, this is something amazing. And um, we actually, we sent a letter. I had a physicist friend who was also a monk, a colleague, it's all from London. And uh, together we, we sent a letter to the author of this article mm-hmm. in the U.S. Journal. And uh, he, uh, we said, you know, our ancient scripture contains similar descriptions, but they also say that the water emerging from these vents has been depleted of its salt. That means salt, its salt content has been reduced. And he wrote back, the scientist wrote back, I, I guess that he must have been some atheist or some skeptic, mm-hmm. but very curtly, he wrote back and he said, there is no convergence between what your ancient scripture says and what modern science says. And uh, wow. he said that, but in my mind, I was always skeptical. I'm saying, look, we already have this much convergence. All we need now is to find out the, the, the chemistry of the water that emerges from the vents. If it really is depleted of its salt, 
then we really have a convergence. And in 1989, in the very same U.S. journal, there was another article, and it actually spoke about it, and it said that the water emerging from hydrothermal vents is depleted 100% of magnesium salts and other salts, sodium chloride, between 5 and 95% is depleted, depending on the kind of vent. And would you believe this, Rob, that ancient yoga literature describes submarine volcanoes hmm. with hydrothermal vent systems. These volcanic systems drink the ocean's water. It heats the water and ejects that water, and that water is depleted of its salt. And this is something which has been said 3,000 B.C., and uh, there, have been, there are 16 convergences, I guess. These are just the three major ones, which I've just reiterated before you. But there are actually 16 convergences with hydrothermal vents. And oceanographers, when I submitted to them, they were just amazed. And this was the first time that any convergence between science and spirituality got published in a mainstream journal. So they got published in India as well as in England and as well as in China. So three peer-reviewed journals published these convergences. I'd like to read uh, something from uh, Section 1 in, uh, in the chapter that's entitled Volcanoes Under the Sea. It is surprising that for four decades after man landed on the moon a quarter of a million miles away, scientists still know little about the seafloor located just a few miles beneath the ocean surface. Why is this? For starters, the most immediate challenge for researchers is the immense water depth separating ships from the uh, seafloor. On the average, the oceans are 12,000 feet deep, while the deepest ocean trench is located beneath 36,000 feet of water. The depth this depth is roughly equivalent to the elevation. I'm sorry, elevation at which modern aircraft cruise above the Earth. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. It seems that for some reason, Sanjay, maybe you might be able to answer this. Why are we more interested in what's on on or in the sky or on another planet instead of what's on this planet? And there's so much more to investigate and uncover and discover here. That's right. I mean, it's it's really quite amazing. I mean, uh, a couple of years back, and I've heard also on, on your show, too, uh, the discussion that NASA has just found uh, some life forms mm-hmm. which are based on arsenic, which is very poisonous. And uh, this was found in some lakes in California. So, I mean, we're looking for kind of extraterrestrial life, but in a way, similar stuff is right here on yeah. our own Earth, although, of course, it, it, it seems to have evolved here. So... One of the reasons why is that uh, water is far more difficult to conquer Mm -hmm. than air and space. The pressure of water is really crushing. At at just one and a half miles or two miles of water on top of your head, and the the pressure is equal to two tons per square inch. Uh, Even even military submarines don't go that deep. Mm -hmm. They can't. You you need a scientific vessel, which has really been... uh, purposely constructed to to counter that kind of pressure and uh, that's why so we've been very slow to go there to the bottom of the ocean now you say that uh, genesis in the bible also corresponds with modern science how is that sanjay this is one of the things that really blew me away as I was a skeptic, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, of a convergence between science and spirituality, I began also as a skeptic between a convergence between world religions. And here I found that there's a convergence between ancient yoga literature, the cosmology, 
described in ancient yoga literature and the mm-hmm. cosmology of Genesis. There is definitely a connection between the two, ancient India and ancient Israel. And that's what threw a lot of light onto Genesis and what enabled me to understand what Genesis is really all about. And the yoga literature, let me just, uh, if I can just divert for oh, a sure. moment, has very, very similar descriptions as Genesis, but they are far more detailed. And those details enabled me to compare it uh, very satisfactorily with our galaxy. More than 60 convergences of the cos- cosmos described by ancient yogis mm-hmm. converges with our galaxy and our universe. More than 60. And so this insight helped me to look at Genesis in a new way. And I, 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 I'm very confident that Genesis actually describes not planet Earth, not the evolution of life or the creation of planet Earth, but the evolution of life in our Milky Way galaxy. And it is, uh, there are 17 convergences with the Milky Way galaxy and the evolution of life within it uh, compared with Genesis. So that's what I've seen. Genesis is a synopsis of a milk, of the convert of a description of the evolution of our Milky Way galaxy. So could we could we say Genesis is actually the biblical proof that the Big Bang theory is right? Absolutely. Uh, if, uh, I mean, this is something which has also been overlooked. Um, Many biblical scholars have noticed that the very first word of Genesis, Bereshit, mm-hmm. implies creation ex nihilo, or something out of nothing. Um, it implies that. I mean, it's not written explicitly, but, but the verb for creation uh, in that first word of Genesis is very different from the word for creation used elsewhere in the Bible. And it kind of implies that what God creates is, in a way, different from what man creates. So they've inferred this, or they've implied that it shows a different form of creation from uh, nothing, from ex nihilo. And we can can confirm this by taking the age of Genesis as six days, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible in two places talks about each day being much longer than uh, a human day or a solar day. And if we take the age of the universe, which is known today, to be 13.7 billion, with a B, years old, and we divide that simply by six days, and we can find out the length of what each day in Genesis should be. And again, this is very comparative uh, to yoga literature, which also uses the word day in terms of eons. The yoga literature, the, yo- the cosmos of the yogis, also describes the creation in days. But the yogis explicitly say that it isn't solar days, Hmm. but cosmic days, which are far longer in billions of years. All right, Sanjay, I hate to do this, my friend, but you and I have to take a news break and uh, listen to a couple of commercials from the fine people that keep the show on the air. Interesting topic, Sanjay. Really interesting. Stand by, my friend. Exonation Sanjay Patel is our special guest. He's the author of a fascinating book, as you're listening to the author talk about it right now. God is Real, The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality, www.sanjaycpatel.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. Z-B-N-A. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. And uh, we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And we're heard right around the world, uh, throughout Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. If you'd like to listen to us, 724-365-www.xzonetv.com. That's www xzonetv.com and uh, just before I get back to my special guest this hour who's got a lot of people thinking I can tell by the BBMs that you're sending me I'm going to be the master of ceremonies uh, at the Body, Soul and Spirit Expo that's going to be held at the International Center 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga that's right across from the um, Toronto Pearson National Airport it's from May the 25th until the 27th, ExoNation, and uh, I'm going to be there. We've got a booth. Uh, Dr. Turi's going to be there. And what we're doing is we're giving away digital copies of the X Chronicles newspaper, digital copies of our April and our May editions, so that when you come and see us, we'll give you a DVD. It's going to have, like I said, the, the April edition and May edition of the X Chronicles newspaper. We're going to have some of our... Uh, YouTube videos on there. 
It's going to be something that you can take home with you. You can you can play it on your computer. You can download it. You can do whatever you'd like. That's our way of saying thank you for being the Exxon Nation over the past 20 years. Once again, that's the Body, Soul, and Spirit Expo, May 25th to the 27th at the International Center, 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. Sanjay Patel is my guest this hour. He's the author of a book that I believe is going to shake a lot of belief, both in the scientific community and in the spiritual community. And in my humble opinion, it's about time. Sanjay's the author of God is Real, The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. His website is www.sanjaycpatel.com, and uh, Sanjay is a pioneer of the exciting new field of comparative cosmology. An acclaimed and respected scholar, his research has appeared in international and peer-reviewed scientific journals. Subjects of his study include theology, Sanskrit, and ancient cosmology. He studied at a uh, traditional setting as a monk at an ashram in India, and is a lifetime practitioner of yoga and meditation. Once again, his website, www.sanjaycpatel.com. His book is God is Real, The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. All right, so if, when, we look at, when we look at the Bible, how should, how should we look at it? Should we look at it in verbatim, or should we look at it with a deeper understanding of what people were actually talking about way back then? You're right. We need to look at it with a much deeper understanding. Uh, if we just look at it uh, on, at the surface mm-hmm. uh, and with a preconceived viewpoint, uh, then we're not going to get the answers. Uh, if we look at Genesis and we just say, oh, it's, we've got creation in six days, mm-hmm. not seven days. We have the seventh days when God is supposed to have rested. So we have creation in six days, and then you can just, people do laugh, uh, and they just toss it out. But if we wait a moment and just consider that each day uh, could be something other than a solar day, mm-hmm. and if we just consider that, then that opens out a whole new horizon, and, and we're able to see something else within Genesis, uh, something that we couldn't see before. And this is what I touched on. The meaning of the word day is so crucial in Genesis. It's not the solar day, just as it is not the solar day in ancient uh, yoga literature. It's an eon billions of years old, and uh, I can demonstrate that. Sure. Yeah, we take 13.7 billion years as mm-hmm. the age of the universe. This has been tied down uh, by modern science very, very well, uh, give or take, you know, 5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 13.7 divided by 6, and that means each day of Genesis, which is an eon, should be 2.283 billion years old. Oh, uh, long. That's with billion with a B. So we can round that up. 2.3 billion years long. And we can then verify this. Are there convergences? It, yes. The most easiest and the most outstanding one is the age of the sun. In Genesis, the sun, moon, appear at the end of day four. Okay, this is now so simple. Each day of Genesis, is 2.3 billion years long. Mm-hmm. So if we go backwards, today we're in day seven. Go backwards. So day six and day five are in between us and the creation of the sun. 
that means the sun should be 4.6 billion years old, according to Genesis. And that's if we divide it by six, remember, and we get each day. And indeed, modern science says that the sun is 4.6 billion years old. This is not a chance of mm-hmm. freak phenomenon. This is something which goes beyond chance. And if you look at the, all the other days as well in Genesis, the previous three days and the ensuing two days, they all match with evolution of life or the evolution of our galaxy. It is tremendous. It, it fits like a glove. So it sounds like Darwin was right and creationists are wrong. Yes, in, in that sense. Darwin was wrong only in the sense that if he believed it all happened through chance, mm-hmm. as that's totally blind, uh, as far as the yogis of India and the sages of Israel were concerned, nothing happens by chance. It happens for a reason. And there is a divine transcendental power or energy in the universe mm-hmm. that is guiding in the background, unseen, but guiding everything that happens in this universe. So, yes, everything happened according to what Darwin might have said or what cosmologists may be saying today, but not by chance. It happened because it was guided that way. Who guided it? You can call that element God, you can call it Ishwara, you can call it Bhagwan, you can call it any, you can just call it divine energy, Mm -hmm. whatever you like to. According to the ancient yogis, God is so indescribable, so immense, uh, that there are no words to describe him or her or it or whatever. It goes beyond the mind, but we have to begin somewhere. We have to say something exists. We have to give it some sort of a name. So according to the different traditions of the world, mm-hmm. uh, people have chosen different names, and uh, they've focused on different aspects of God. God is so tremendous, full of an infinity of sublime qualities, mm-hmm. we can only count a few. We can only count compassion, mercy, love, you know, a few things like that. But there's so much which goes beyond the human mind. All right, let me ask you this, Sanjay. Maybe this is another question you could help, uh, help me to find an answer for. Sure. In the Bible... In Genesis, it says, And God said, Let us create man in our image, in our likeness. Number one, does that mean that since we were created in God's likeness, in his image, that we are part of God? And number two, who is the we he was talking about? Who is the our image that he's talking about? Fantastic question, Rob. Okay, can I just start with the second one? The Please R, do, the sir. we part? Yes. Uh, uh, I'm not absolutely sure about this, but I'm, I'm pretty uh, uh, sure about it, that the we part is part of the English translation. Uh, so we have we, it's kind mm-hmm. of just a royal language, I like see. the Queen might say, we are not amused, instead of saying I. Mm-hmm. So as such, I think that's part of the translation into English when it says we, but uh, actually God in the Bible is singular. Uh, when it says, and, and you know, he saw that it was good, and yes. let it be, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. It's just part of how it's been translated, but God is singular there. Uh, the first question which you asked about God creating man in his own image, there, there are two ways of looking at this. Number one is the physical creation of man. That means the two legs, two hands, the, the eyes, and so 
according to some uh, yogis, and mm-hmm. I would say sages too, he, uh, God actually has a divine form, not made of anything, not made out of space-time or any material. It's just consciousness. It's a divine form. But it does look human in the sense it has two arms, two eyes, two, two legs, right. all the rest of it, but, but not human and not material, transcendental divine matter. Uh, so that's one way of looking at uh, And the second way is, is, is that God created us similar to him in essence, that we, we, we arise from God right. and then we merge back into God. So how do so we explain... Way, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So basically we are divine in essence. Uh, we, we, our souls as well are eternal. Mm-hmm. They do not die. And uh, we, we have divine attributes latent within our souls, uh, within our inner selves. And we are not as, as human or as mortal as we think we are. Um, we are far bigger than we can imagine. We are far greater than we can even imagine. So in that sense, we are near to God, close to God, in the image of God. All right, so does the, etern- uh, the eternal factor of our being um, work hand-in-hand hand with reincarnation? Yes, absolutely. Um, according to our karma, or the anglicized pronunciation mm-hmm. is karma, people say. Uh, so according to our karma, our actions, uh, we, we move on to further births. And uh, uh, those births are basically our reincarnation, we being the same soul, but moving in after this birth into another, another body and then into another, and into another, uh, according to our actions. So would this, also, would this also explain the, the, the biblical uh, claim of a, the second coming of Christ? Is, is this Christ being reincarnated? Um, with, with spiritual figures, mm-hmm. see, we, uh, it, it, it works two ways. With, with a normal soul, we are not in charge of what we become in our next birth. We become according to what our actions are. I see. So according to our actions, we, I mean, we cannot choose what we, want, what we will become. We will become according to our actions. So equal, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, reaction that's or whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, that way for, for normal souls. Mm-hmm. But for some very, very powerful spiritual beings, those who are enlightened, they can choose. And they can choose for how many times they want to return or not return, and whichever form they want to return in, they can choose. So as it would be for a powerful soul like Jesus, yes. he wouldn't be actually reincarnated in the sense because of his, his, his actions, but because of his choice. So that's the distinction between us and powerful spiritual beings. Let, let, let me ask you this, Sanjay, if I may. How did the yeah. ancients acquire this all-knowing knowledge, if not through rational thinking or, or speculation? It was through the power of meditation. In, in, that this meditation is not just Eastern. It's not just a part of yoga. Meditation is when you sit still and you just ponder upon mm-hmm. God. You ponder within. You, you, you silence the mind and you just let every sound from the universe enter into your soul. When the mind is silent, that's when the soul can really hear things from the farthest distances. And so meditation is mm-hmm. something which has been practiced throughout the world 
by any uh, sage, sage-like person. So, yes, uh, the, the, the yogis or the sages of Israel were able to acquire this information not through any technological instrumentation, not through mathematics, not through, even through philosophy, but simply stilling the mind and letting the information flow into them. So that's how they got this information about the universe, about the soul, mm-hmm. about God, about all of these things. Uh, you can get that information if you just still the mind, silence it. All right, Sanjay, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation, if you'd like to know more about what we're talking about, Sanjay has written a great book. And by the way, Sanjay, thank you very much for sending me a copy. God is Real, The Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. His website is www.sanjaycpatel.com. That's S-A-N-J-A-Y, the letter C, P-A-T-E-L.com. Sanjay and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour, Sanjay Patel. His book is God is Real, the Stunning New Convergence of Science and Spirituality. Here's the website, www.sanjaycpatel.net. Dot com. Sanjay, uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great hour. And uh, is there extraterrestrial life as people talk about, you know, flying saucers, little gray men, men from Mars, little green men? Uh, what, what is the, the spiritual scientific thought on that? Scientists speculative on this, but most scientists are fairly convinced that there has to be life elsewhere. Of course, it hasn't yet been demonstrated, mm-hmm. but just statistically, on a statistical basis and how the universe works, they believe that the, uni- the world must be, the universe must be filled with life. But ancient yogis and sages of Israel did believe in other worlds mm-hmm. which had life. This is amazing. Uh, the ancient yogis speak about it all over the place. I mean, ancient yoga literature contains so many passages uh, which talk about life elsewhere in the universe. And uh, so does ancient uh, uh, literature, biblical literature as well. The Talmud talks about God creating 18,000 worlds, and all of them contain creatures, and God descends there mm-hmm. uh, to sport with his creatures. So we've talked about at least 18,000 which are mentioned in the Bible, apart from planet Earth. So yes, even from the biblical tradition, we can see that there is extraterrestrial life. And uh, in the yogic tradition, too, there is extraterrestrial life. And the second part which you asked about UFOs mm-hmm. and things like that coming to this planet, yes. there's one, one very, very interesting passage which I read. Uh, it's, from, it's from 1826. So this is, again, a pre-scientific era. And a sage called Swami Narayan in India 
was sitting with the congregation in front of him in the evening. And at that time, a great ball of light, a sphere of light mm. descended in the sky above the congregation. And this is the first, I believe, uh, documented mass sighting of a UFO in India, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And in this first documented mass sighting of a UFO, uh, the sphere then divided into three and flew away into the sky. And the wow. congregation was just astounded, and they asked the yogi, they said, what was that? And he said that Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, you might have heard of these three Yes, words, of course. That, yes, they, they, they come every day to this planet. Today, you have seen them. Sanjay, so, we've run out of time. I yeah. hate to do this to you, my friend. We'll have to have you back on in the very near future. Thank you very much. Congratulations on a wonderful book. And ExoNation, go to his website. Get a copy of this book. It's filled with interesting facts, and it's going to make you think. Spirituality and science converged. The debate is over. God is Real is the title of the book. Sanjay C. Patel is my guest to this hour. And his website, www.sanjaycpatel.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Thank you.